It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Order film. All right. Trivia question. He was a fast kid from Florida who grew up racing the same local tracks as Carmichael, Stewart, and Ferry. Tim Ferry. Oh. Okay, keep going. He won a title at Loretta Lynn's in 95 and earned his pro license. Over his nine-year professional career, he scored more than 70 top 20 finishes in both Supercross, Motocross, and rode for several top teams, including Star Racing, Moto Triple X, Plano Honda. More importantly, he was able to earn a living racing dirt bikes as a professional. He walked away from racing in 2003, where he returned to Florida, and that's a hint, and made a clean break from the sport. Well, recently, our friends at RacerX caught up with him. Who is it? Tony Wink, you want to make a guess? Well, I was guessing Ferry, but you said he rode with Ferry. I don't know who it is. Who is it? First name, Paul. I can't think of a Time single motocrosser I knew who was named Paul. Paul Curry. Paul Curry, yeah. That was a trick question Hmm. because 2003, as you know, what you were doing in 2003, everybody got a little bit busy right about then, but that was our trivia question for the program. And we go back now. You got some uh, race results. Who wants to go first, Tony? Well, PJ, we're talking off air about uh, factory KTM rider Johan Zarka, who's, uh, I get, he was contracted to be with KTM through MotoGP team, too, not just KTM, their top level part of their team yes but he apparently uh demanded to be released early because he and the rapidly improving ktm moto gp uh program don't play nicely together wow yeah and his teammate has done very well so uh he's clearly not feeling the love and best of luck to him from there also uh moto gp refugee serial crasher and current (laughs) ducati factory rider alvaro bautista of course is rumored to be jumping ship to the honda world superbike squad oh wow think of that this this would open the door for uh fellow moto gp refugee and current british superbike points leader uh Scott Redding on Ducati to jump to World Superbike to take Bautista's seat next year, which would be really sweet because Redding is already a, a, a BA mofo. Yep, absolutely. And I find it a little bit startling. Uh, Bautista had, uh, right now, Jonathan Ray's back on top, as we've discussed recently here on the program in World Superbike. But for the first couple months of this World Superbike season, Batista was unstoppable on that new Panigale four-cylinder motorcycle. Yes. And I cannot believe he wants to walk away from it. I'm sure there are a lot of zeros on the <laughs> Honda offer because a lot of guys have gone Honda, and I'm not going to slag on them. A lot of guys have not done anything on the Honda since they went there. The bike has arguably not improved. Honda keeps threatening uh through various press releases and lots of hype in the industry to really update their world's uh, to wor- update their top line uh, fireblade in the international market it continues to be the same motorcycle essentially with bold new graphics for a long long time now 
Um, Follow-up so, question. PJ can probably best answer this. When a guy like Batista decides to jump ship, yeah, there's going to be dollars and cents involved, right? But One would think. Does he get an opportunity to ride, either publicly or secretly, the bike that he projects out on? The future Honda, I don't know. Potentially, you know, World Superbike guy would be at the at the leading end. I would assume. It's of, a good question, Scott. I think of test riders for any so. future Hondas. It's just Honda's so big, and much like in the motocross world and every other place that Honda has their fingers in racing, uh, you you expect a lot from them, and when they continually don't deliver, you're kind of surprised. And in World Superbike. It's been enough years now. This is very surprising that they have not really gotten the ball rolling. MotoGP at Austria, Ducati's uh, Divisioso kept Ducati's win streak alive at the Austrian track by once again outsmarting Honda's Mark Marquez with some last corner wizardry. Wizardry, did you see it? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it, I mean, this happened last year a number of times, almost to a T. Yes, exactly what Davizioso did. He just had more than Marquez, and Marquez freely admits this, and he did last year in the same case. It's cool when they don't smash into each other because <laughs> it is literally a last-second, last-corner dive bomb that Marquez attempts to pull off, goes wide. Davizioso sees it coming, holds back, squares the corner off just like any good racer and uh, beats him to the line by just enough. Did it a number of times last year. uh it was great racing. It makes you nervous. It's why you want to watch racing. However, when guys do this on the last corner. However, Marquez still leads that handily. series by 11 million Hand, points. Yep, and handily. He, it wasn't like he was too heartbroken. I mean, it's just whatever. You know what I mean? It's and like, how good he is to be able to do this kind of thing on the last corner of the last lap. You know, the only thing he can do that would hurt himself would be completely shoot himself in the foot, not get the 20 points that go with second place. Then you start making the season interesting. So the fact he's just an amazingly talented rider that he can do a dive bomb at the last corner. Yeah. Did we talk about Moto America at Sonoma? We did talk about it. I at least gave the results. Garrett Gerloff had a great weekend going 1-2. Elias uh, took second in the first, TNF in the second. But uh, much like Marquez, still has a pretty comfortable lead, although less so than when he got to uh, the California track. We didn't talk about Super Sports Series, um, the 600 guys. Hayden Gillum takes the win in race in, one. In race one, absolutely, yep. followed by Fong and Jacobson in race two. Jacobson Fong were followed by Prince. Gillum was just outside the podium in fourth. That was some good racing, and we didn't touch on even bigger news for our uh, Pit Pass Racing faithful uh, our very own, uh, we are fanboys of him. Drake Beecham took a second place, a hard-fought second to uh, Mr. Dumas. But more importantly... The points lead. Points lead. Yes. He is one point ahead of Dumas currently with a few rounds left. So go get him, Drake. We are all pulling for you. The Drake is uh, in full effect. He started winning in Road America, and he has not backed off the gas at all since then. So they've got we've got, what, three races to go in the Twin Series, right? So I believe... They yep. run at all those races. Yes. Yep, they do. So the top three are separated by three points. Drake's got 108. Alex has 107, and Barney has 106. So that's uh, former points leader Michael Barnes also didn't do himself any favors that weekend by having to retire due to his mechanical issues. So um, 
FYI, Drake is still sponsored by Billy Mallory, who's my attorney and my good friend, right out of Des Moines, right here. And that you guys, you guys brokered that deal, literally at the track while having. <laughs> was there tacos. drinking involved when you guys? There was did a this? lot of drinking yeah, okay. and homemade tacos. So. Homemade tacos by my good friend Quau Sandoval from yeah. Chicago. Uh. Uh, we were having quite the party, and yeah, next thing you know, Drake. Uh, Drake got a sponsorship, and Billy was kind enough to say, if you win tomorrow, we'll talk about more. And lo and behold, Drake went ahead and won the race. So <laughs> That's uh, so fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Whatever happened to our pickle guy, speaking of- uh, Oh, Mandingo Pickles. What Mandingo happened to Big, Pickles. Big Nasty just fell off the face. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's slinging pickles still or, or what. They, he kind of went off the rails. I mean, they got into the Bloody Mary mix, and that ain't how I roll. I'm a pickle guy myself. So mm-hmm. um, I just wondered. We uh, we didn't talk about Peoria, which is this weekend, 73rd annual. The King Henry Wiles will not be throwing his leg over, reportedly. Wow. Had a surgery um, from his, uh, his, his disappointing finish at the Black Hills Half Mile. Um, he's not going to race, man. It don't look like. I was talking to Chris Carr about it earlier today, and then I pulled up AmericanFlyTrack.com and who will reign in Wiles' absence at the 73rd Peoria TT? I know, and it takes away... Well, I guess he could still beat Chris's overall, right? Because currently they're tied. Isn't that the story? They yeah, but... Currently I, tied, but it was consecutive. I think it's a giant disappointment for the fans. It, it oh, would huge. be for me if I was going, because I just wanted to go see... And he's not on his Kawasaki. I yeah, mean, it's, it's... He's on uh, an Indian. Yeah, it's it's like, can he do it? Is he... Jared, he clearly had Jared Meese covered when we went, and it was because... He had the better motorcycle. For that race, now, absolutely. I'm not saying you couldn't throw him on any motorcycle and do well. I'm not doubting King Henry. But, man, it stinks. And I think Briar, Briar's points later, I think yeah. he has been since Daytona. We didn't talk about the Sacramento Mile either. Speaking of AFT, and I could, uh, I would touch on, in the singles class, Shane and Texture gave KTM the factory team, their first mile win in the lightweights class. She was followed by Rush and Avery in the twins class. Mies was back on top at the mile on his Indian, followed closely by Briar Bauman and Davis Fisher. Notably absent from the Sacramento Mile were all those road racers that have been running in that series because they were at uh, Sonoma. Roger but. Lee Hayden, uh, <laughs> who's been who's done a couple guest rides, and we've talked to him about it in the AFT Twins class. Didn't make the main. Struggled a little bit with getting, uh, you know, getting comfortable on a mile. He'd been doing good at the half miles that he'd done. Uh, so hopefully Roger's able to bounce back in the next guest ride he does. So she she won on what? What was she riding? She rides for Factory KTM in the singles class on a 450. Yeah. KTM has had some wins, but not at a mile. What, this was a big deal for them to get their first mile victory in American Flat Track. What was she racing, and what did she win on at Knoxville for her first major? I don't remember. Do you remember was, that? Uh, that would have been a singles as well, and more than likely a Honda. I apologize I think to anybody, it was, but actually. I'm pretty sure it's a Honda that she rode until she was picked up by uh, You know, I wish there's very little parity between her her uh, her TT game and her, her circle track. I mean, she's so good. She's so good. The bigger so the good. track, the faster she yes. I mean, quite literally, the bigger the track, the higher the speeds, the faster Shana. She should go road racing is what really kind of speed what are we I talking also about? want to tell her all the time. What, what what kind of speed are we thinking? She's uh, my crappy 03450 on a mile would do every bit of 105. So I can only imagine hers is going a lot hotter 
than that. One six, one oh seven. No, uh, I think they're like one one fifteen, one twenty sounds a lot more believe. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. With gearing, uh, I'm sure they're capable of hundred and fifteen. You know, and I you think um with the resources that KTM has, and maybe it's smoke and mirrors like a lot of teams, but I gotta believe it isn't with KTM. I mean, they spend real money, mm. but it just seems like they would invest in that girl and and get her her tt game and she'll be the first to tell you she sucks at, at peoria and she said and when we've talked to her she's making real strides putting in some work but i'm with you tony she's fast enough everywhere else let's get her with a real deal everyday coach and really yeah put the work in because i mean to me it would seem that's teachable she's already got the hardest part going 100 pl- plus miles an hour sideways with your foot down. Yeah. It would seem the TT game would be the easier of the skills to learn. It's, But she doesn't like jumping. Yeah. Well, I do want to invite everybody to Davenport in on August 30th. And I'll tell you, on the 29th, 30th, and 31st is the Blackhawk Swap Me. And it's a vintage. It's the it's the it's one of the, if not the best, vintage. If you're going to see one of them, you're going to see a few of them at least at this place. It's amazing. Vintage Motorcycle Swap Meet. It's at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport and uh, over in the Quad Cities. And uh, you guys, you you wouldn't believe the stuff you would see. You can't see it all in one day. And try to come on Thursday if you can because a lot of stuff's picked through by Friday. But it is incredible, the stuff you're going to see there. And then on Friday night, we've got the Davenport Vintage Flat Track, the half mile. We've got a ton of people. We give away the John Parham Lifetime Achievement Award there. Um, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot. David Jarrell's coming. Chris Carr's racing. Boltaco Astro class. And then we have the Twins that race. We have uh, the Board Trackers, which is uh, early 1900s. Harley Davidson. Some of them things are worth a few hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. Not exaggerating that people are riding around and it's really going shockingly fast on them. I was blown away by how fast they were going on. I, I don't even want to throw my leg over on, let alone go the speeds they're going on that half mile. And it's, it's a really cool show. I love the sound. It is a neat sound on those yeah. bikes. Yeah. Yep. A lot. And you know, really, realistically, when you look at the bikes, the first bikes that came out, I love the sound of those too, because that was the sound of American and uh, and European ingenuity. That's before the Japanese had jumped into to building bikes. Mm-hmm. This is a time when everything was on display, and you could hear it and feel it and smell it. You know, what was the fellow that uh, went across on the Indian across the United States? I brought the book in. We had the author on. Uh, what was that guy's name? Anyway, he went through what? Four back tires and only one front tire? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that uh, Irwin Cannonball Baker. Is, man, you got a memory. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, are you going to be in Davenport with us? I will be. I'll be uh, making the ride from here uh, over and then from Davenport on. I'm hauling mine, brother. I'm going to haul my bike over and then we're going to go. We're going to ride to Springfield. So if everybody wants to go, we're going to ride Saturday morning about 8 o'clock probably. We're going to leave the Davenport Speedway, the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds, and we're all going to make our ride over to the Springfield Mile. We're going to watch the mile on Saturday and then the mile on Sunday because it's a doubleheader. It's going to be a hoot. I understand from talking to them that Frank and Mike uh, will be there. Frank Fritz, our buddy. And, of course, Mike uh, will be there. They're, they are true collectors. They sell in the pits uh, in the show itself. And then, of course, uh, we always invite Frank to come over and make the presentation of uh, the John Parham Award. And do we know who's getting it this year, or is it a surprise? I do know who's getting it. 
and uh, we I spoke with Mark from the museum, the National Museum, and uh, Jill Parm, John's wife, his widow, and um, we are. Uh, I'm very excited to make that announcement, but I'm not going to do it until that day. Wow! So you're going to have to stay tuned to listen to who does win for yet another year. I want to thank our guests, Ricky Russell, Josh Strang, Brad Jeraminski, Jake Johnson, and Chris Carr. In-studio guest, Jesse Guest. Thank you, Jesse. I hope you had a great time. Absolutely did. You heading back to the fair? Uh, yeah. we got. Uh, <laughs> I cannot get back there fast enough. I love it. <laughs> got to close it down. For P.J. Duran, for Jack and Leanne DeLeon, for Tony Wayne, Katie Cullenkamp, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy as well, I'm Scott Kesper. Thanks for listening. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.